With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back to Neil Haley's show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome from Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing great. So today it's just you and I, but I thought perfect timing, especially when I'm going to be launching my new brand show on, it's going to be a podcast involving branding only a few uh, featured on Fireside. And you're like, what's Fireside? But I wanted to kind of go into interviewing people of why they think a a brand is important. Because what we find out in a lot of ways is if you're a nobody, Nobody wants to talk to you, do they, Dave? Really? <laughs> and I used to be a nobody. <laughs> yeah, so have so kind of explain your journey of once you came with the idea or have been helping in caregivers that you had to become a celebrity caregiver. Why did you know that was the next step for you? First of all, everybody goes to a point where they don't know what they don't know, right? And then you you meet a mentor and he starts talking. And it, you got to start with baby steps. I mean, I started with a mentor, uh, Craig Duswalt, and he, he's talking about brand and marketing. And, and so uh, his thing was write a book. And I said, write a book? How can I write a book? You know, but writing a book is easy. Anybody can do it. Even you can do it, Neil. And so once we got past that hurdle, then he talked about, okay, well, a radio show would be good. So I started a radio show. And, uh, you know, all these things seem like, deal breakers for a lot of people. I know they, they were for me, but once you get into it and you have somebody holding you by the hand, they show you how to write a book. They show you how easy it is. They show you how to uh, start a radio show. They show you how to do all these things. Then uh, it, it's not so bad. And now it's like, I can do that in my sleep. And then one by one, uh, after a while, you may outgrow your uh, mentor and you need another mentor. And that's when I meant uh, Clint Arthur. And he just took me, you know, from rock star to superstar when when he started doing all the things that I am now doing, uh, brand, celebrity attachment, um, being a, an award-winning speaker, uh, you know, look behind me that all these are the things that I've done. And it's just very, I'm, I'm, I'm having a little brain fog here because <laughs> the dog is barking because someone's at the door and uh the, the joys of zoom but uh until i gather my thoughts again until i wonder well, who's no, no, i agree and, and look at some two of the shots two of the shots on there are i think just two were from one event that you covered from yes. the daily show so that yes. was interesting in california you lucky and i didn't get that opportunity and i saw something that came out again in la it'll be interesting they did the virtual academy award coverage so no one covered it live in the place and i saw someone that got approved and i definitely have a bigger reach and stuff like that so we have to put that on the bucket list but you see all that stuff you did okay all these things how has that improved your overall business or gas station do you feel that 
having a bigger brand gives you more clout in certain aspects of your everyday life. Because that's an interesting part is once you become the leading authority of something, it changes who you are, not to the bad detriment, but to how people perceive you. And how has that worked in kind of like business life? And also, I guess, even just your, your re- overall reach and everything as you're going to the next journey, you're in another phase of your brand. And, and trust me, I already know this uh, because you've gotten, you have everything put in place, but I wanted to kind of say how have things changed? Because that's important because they've you've reached your goals, but what are those goals? What, how do you measure those goals in ROI? Down the line? All right. And I'm a celebrity. I mean, we get the most uh, amount of, respect now from my family, my kids, my wife, my colleagues, my employees, my partners. Uh, and, but most of all, it's, it's up here. It has changed me. I think more highly of myself because I look at my accomplishments. I mean, sometimes I just have to watch my website or, or watch some uh, TV interviews that I've done. And I said, oh my God, did I do that? And it's, it's amazing because if I didn't meet a certain person who introduced me to that person, who introduced me to that person, even introducing me to, to you, Neil, everybody has played a part in helping me to change. And it, it really has changed who I am at the gas station. You know, I've owned the gas station for 45 years. I've had five or six stations and now I'm down to one because, you know, I'm downsizing and what have you. But um, I am, I am just a different person and I think differently about things. I'm, I think more successfully. Um, I don't know what I can say. You have that, just that mindset and that growth mindset. So the next step would be after what you've experienced and how you've grown, your next step is how to monetize the next step, right? Monetization. Of, I think that probably when you work with more confidence at work, your business runs more smoothly, which means better return on your, your business. You're no more because of all the gas station interviews you're doing so that people know you as the celebrity gas guy, not just the celebrity uh, caregiver. Now now I'm the gasoline expert and exactly the the caregiver expert. And, and so people are approaching me now and, and opportunities. Uh, The uh, vice president of uh, circle K, who is the supplier for Exxon Mobil is having a convention and he, he saw the stuff I've been doing is, Hey, you know, maybe you need to be our keynote speaker up there, you know, and that. Well, see, there you go. See, those are the things that you just don't know. I look at my brand in 11 years and finally the returns on investment took about seven or eight years to happen. Really. It yeah. grew all these different yeah. things. And then you get to this one person and you go to this next step. And now you're like, okay, where am I going now? That's the journey that you're on. People think that branding happens overnight. It definitely doesn't yeah, happen. The 10 year overnight success. Yes. <laughs> but thinking about it, does branding happen overnight? Absolutely not. No, no. And, and your brand changes too. You know, even uh, you look at these major companies, they're constantly uh, updating their trademark and their brand. And why are they doing that? I mean, why, why did Coca-Cola keep changing their brand? Because, you know, they're, they're marketing to a new, generation and people they change with the times and what have you and you've got to change with the times i mean if you asked me uh 10 years ago um if i believed that i would be doing all the things i'm doing right now i'd say what are you crazy you know might as well uh 
asked me if I was going to be an astronaut and go to the moon. I mean, it, it right. was that impossible. But here I am, yes, award-winning so, speaker, so, exactly, uh, best-selling author, uh, celebrity attachment, speaking all over the country, forty-four TV uh, morning shows. I mean. And now they're doing a, uh, a documentary, a film about on, on my life. I never expected that. It just happened by accident. I just happened to say hello to this guy uh, at, at this screening and I was tired. I, I wanted to just go back to my hotel room, but I said, no, no, no. Clint says be sociable, so I'll be sociable. And, and that guy changed my life. So, so when does that documentary come out? Well, we're still editing it. <laughs> it's got 25 hours of film and editing is the hardest part and the most lengthy part and he's kind of doing this all himself and you know he tried to get uh, grants from from different uh, agencies and what have you but uh, you know it'll take forever to get a grant so he's just going to do it himself i'm meeting with him next week to see what i can do you know i'm i'm kind of technical uh not as much as he is but so i think together we're going to try to push it forward down the football field. So and I think it's best best when, again, COVID's over, let's hope. And yeah, that things, really but, slowed things down yeah, a lot. Yeah, sure. So thinking about um, brand, that we, we discussed brand and aspects and defining brand and understanding brand. Do you think when people purchase something, like a book, like a course, like going to uh to purchase services that if a bigger the brand is that when you decide who you're going to purchase from versus somebody that's not seen out there but yet has a great service but yet has not been proven explain that because people think i could i could have the best service possible but if no one knows who you are or when they visit you and see that you're no one your website's static you have no content on the social media platforms. You have no content on your w- website or on Google. No internet presence. No yeah. internet presence at all. <clears throat> yeah, well, that, when I, that, when so I buy things, people, yeah, go ahead, sure. when I buy things, when I uh, interview people, so to speak, they don't know I'm interviewing them, but first thing I'll do is I'll Google their name and see what comes up. And by the way, you need to be Googling your name and see what comes up. And thank God I'm to the point now where if I Google my name, it just goes on and on and on. I'm on like page 37 and it just keeps going. I, I, I just have to stop searching because I'm there. I have an excellent internet presence because of all the places I've done, all the things I've done, uh, all the people I've met, all the shows I've been on. And that's number one, because they're going to check you out. And there are ways to see who's checking you out. And I'm impressed with all the people who are checking me out. And so uh, what does your website look like? I mean, did you do it? Is it a homemade thing? Does it look like you did it? Exactly. But see, that's static. And then also, you're going to be like charging for a course for $10,000 who or $3,000. You better be known as the leading authority and expert in that area. So if you're charging now... I said to you that I see that this gas station thing now, as I'm going to give you some advice as a, as a branding strategist, you should take this to every uh, gas state, every oil company, everything. And you should be on commercials that you could be the face of why, why natural, why continue gas and not get rid of to electric cars. The reason is because of who you are. So you could be, the poster child for certain things. And I think this keynote speaking engagement does that. So what does that lead to? That leads to you speaking to lots of corporate 
organizations and becoming or, more or of a professional or, or Congress. You know? No, but look at professional speaking and how much that is. So you really open up doors, your documentary uh, and caregiving. You're still doing tremendous things. I think that you should turn that into a 501c. That's my take on that. And you should focus on being a speaking coach. And I think that this is the thing that you're at because when you have this brand, people are going to say, I'm going to, am I going to hire X, Y, Z? I'm going to hire this person just because they can, they know what they're talking about. If you don't look like you know what you're talking about outside of your website, outside of just your circle of friends, it's not important. So investing yourself, investing in great coaches like Clint Arthur and Craig, Craig, what's his name? Westworld. Well, and investing in have being a celebrity caregiving radio show where you're interviewing celebrities on and they, they, they well i don't have to put myself over just people see me on clubhouse see me now on fireside and all these different yeah. places but i've learned that that brand's important but ultimately at the end of the day you have to the, there's enough of a brand go out there and do so the next step is turning that into money, turn that into other opportunities. Yeah. And Dave, I had all these opportunities for six plus years and was making a little bit of money, but really still just busy tutoring kids and doing exactly what I was doing for so many years. And now I finally turned that around to, wow, I have a lot of experiences to help people. And I owe that to yeah. clubhouse because clubhouses you're able to see. That's why I said you should be a speaking coach because you're a far better speaking coach in the number of radio shows you've done, the number of people you've spoken and, and all these things and the met celebrities that are going to hire you as a speaking coach versus, and then I'm not talking what Clint does. You're a speaking coach. Okay. There you go. That's where you need to be your title. I'm like coaching Dave on that's great because it's exactly what I've learned. If there's a pain point in life, we have to go ahead and fix that regardless of where the conversation is in real time conversation. So I believe Dave has a lot, but again, people need to contact Dave, but his caregiving organization, caregiverdave.com. And soon he'll have a speaking site to talk about how to be, how to be a, you are an introvert. I'm an extrovert. Yeah, you don't need to give me and teach me to say, be afraid to, the light's on, the camera's on. The camera could be on the, I could be speaking as you saw me in Clubhouse, just living on Clubhouse, sometimes 16 hours a day. Yeah. But I've learned in that process that people like you, you could speak to those people, that everyone could become a speaker as long as they have a desire to help someone, right? Sure. And there's, there's tricks and methods of getting on TV. There's tricks and methods of getting on syndicated radio shows. And there's all sorts of things that people need to learn. I mean, it doesn't just happen. You got to have the gumption to put the efforts in. I talked to you about yeah. when you were going to, the, to go to, over to uh, the National Publicity Summit X amount one, one time, one year you were going there. And you talked about, I said that you take, you took action contact yeah. me really quickly a lot of people don't take action they don't take the time and when they heard you've done all those shows before even being at the national publicity summit they said how did you do that because you're willing to reach out you have to make it a job in, in a fun job of reaching yeah. out sending those emails sending those text messages making those phone calls yeah and all that and sure. and, and you know um 
I, I admire you. You, you do. I don't know how many shows a day you do. And I said, I don't know how he does it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, 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 and that's and now with the clubhouse and the other, I'm, I'm shifting a little bit. I mean, I still have to create five hours of programming a week, but I got to be creative in that way of being able to do that. But it's yeah, worth and I've it. Got, I've got more guests than I can handle now. I'm booking into October. And that's now crazy. Every national, yeah. Yeah, yeah, national publicity summit called me again. I guess they're doing something every uh, well, yeah because four months now instead of yeah. once a year. And then and they they want me back. And so I said, I'm saying to myself, gosh, you know. I can't be booking guests into December and January. So I'm just going to have to do two shows a week, maybe three. Right. And you should do it. Neil can do it. I could probably do it. You know? Yes. So Steve Olsher, uh, who's a mentor of mine, that is the um, founder of podcast magazine and also club pod on clubhouse. If you guys haven't heard of clubhouse, he brought up, this is the dawn and the age of the micro influencer so that you don't have to have millions and millions of followers to become an influencer. And so the dawn of the day of the micro-influencer, influencer, you're seeing that's why so many people are going to National Publicity Summit. That's why they're all some, so many people are going to audio domination with Steve Olsher. That's why so many people are going to Clubhouse saying, I need to get my message and my story out there because they, there has to be something that makes you passionate with the challenging parts of life. But you could be a speaker, you could be an author, but if no one knows who the heck you are, invest like Dave is invest. And the best thing to do is go to neilhaley.com right now. If you're looking at different things, you can contact by going to caregiverdave.com or check out caregiver Dave and message him. If you're looking to speak, you're looking at all the other stuff, contact me. We'll be able to take care of those things for you. And it was good to have a conversation about brand because we constantly are talking to celebrities and we need to continue to have that, those conversations because not many people get the opportunity to talk to them. But at the end of the day, it's all about helping somebody and I'm excited to see all their stories go and uh, anything about caregiving that you want to add, finish up with in this interview. Well, you know, I like to say um, I'm expanding my, my range of uh, speaking to not only caregivers, but to everybody, because if you are not a caregiver, uh, people will tune you out if you're talking about caregiving. But I say that, um, you are going to become a caregiver. You're either going to become a caregiver, or you're going to need a caregiver. So now's the time to prepare. Now's the time to read a book because I was just normal guy, mobile Dave. And all of a sudden the next day I'm a caregiver and I was totally unprepared. It wasn't on my resume. I didn't know what to do. Uh, I went through the grief process. So if, if I could talk to me back then, 25 years ago, when I became a caregiver to my wife who suffered a stroke, became paralyzed and, and uh, speech impaired, and she still can't talk, but she can communicate non-verbally through Pictionary and Charades, two games I hate, by the way, but I'm learning to love. And I, I would just tell myself, listen, you have to learn what is the signs of a stroke, hers was a stroke, or uh, what would you do if, if your wife suddenly became disabled or one of your children became disabled or your mother or your father? Uh, prepare, read one of my books, uh, It's My Life Too. And um, that will help you and, and you'll have more confidence. It's like having a long-term care policy. If something happens to you, you don't wanna put your kids or your loved ones in the same position where, oh my God, I gotta take care of dad. You know, what's going on? I don't know what I'm doing and this and that. At least you've got the funds because the funds is a big, big, step all right caregiverdave.com and this was the caregiver dave celebrity segment guys take care neil 
Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the COVID-19 Vaccine Show. I'm excited to welcome to the program, Dr. Mark Hayden. Dr. Mark, what's going on? How are you? I'm feeling great. It is a, a um, wonderful spring day. We're getting a little rain right where I'm at, but uh, what is April showers bring May flowers, so maybe that will be the case. Um, but I'm feeling good and in the neighborhood, and, and um, so it's great. It's interesting everyone's saying that there's not going to be a surge in the United States, that the vaccine's working. That's still coming out in the news and different things, and then we're going to go into this other thing. Why do you think we're going to keep hearing that? Are we going to keep hearing that until they distribute to everyone? Well, here's the thing. I think uh, um, there is, I think that you're likely to see, the question is, you're, you're going to have another wave, I believe. The question is, when will that wave come? Uh, now they're talking about, hey, guess what? They're already trying to get funding, apparently, to see if they can get a third booster uh, for the shots that had two boosters. Now, and so really what it is, is, is COVID is part of the um, life, is part of life on planet Earth, okay? So... Uh, the coronavirus has been around for uh, since the first man was, well, I don't know since the first man was here, but it's been around for thousands of years. And coronavirus with a spike protein that can target primarily the alveolus, uh, that is, is here to stay. And the poor countries, there's no vaccine. We talked about the logistics. There's just no way to vaccinate um, Seven billion people. That's not. That's not going to happen. Um, you're and the amount of people you would have to va uh, vaccinate like ninety five percent of the population, and the pop and the vaccine would have to stop transmission. You know, right now we re measure efficacy by preventing symptoms, and certainly efficacy that's important is includes preventing either hospitalizations or um, real serious com long-term complications. And all that's important, but you're not stopping transmission. 
So most of the vaccines that are out now are not stopping transmission and the virus will just continue to mutate. I think the latest word out of um, India is what we're getting triple, triple mutants. Yeah. But do you think it'll come here? Oh yeah. Uh, these, uh, we do not have a, a, incredibly tight border wall. I mean, you, you hear on the one hand, you, you, you ask, is COVID coming here? Well, COVID is definitely, triple, will triple mutants someday be in the United States? And the answer is that is yes. Um, triple mutants will be all throughout Mexico and, and Central America and, and people who migrate or, or who come in through, through customs, they're gonna bring it. it it's gonna, it's, it will get here. Most definitely. Okay, so what can we do then if that happens? So is this you, mutants? Is you, our vaccine going to work with the mutants? Well, you know, when we say something's going to work, we need to really start thinking of what's our what's our long term timeline? Are we talking about oh, it worked for you as an individual because you live to next year or next? next month, next week. But if you're an individual, what you're looking for is how you can try to go back to a semi-near normal life that is long-term, that will have the minimum amount of side effects and that your, your, your family and your children can feel, can at least feel or, or uh, somewhat safe and, and, year after year and we're not going to reach that way year after year with the with the intramuscular vaccines no, this is not going away nice. ever this no. is not going in our way ever. no so if you look at a year two years three years five years from now the mutants we see three and five years from now may be far more transmissible now we you can hope that they're they're not going to be as fatal that somehow because you've seen multiple other variants you'll You'll, you'll build a faster immune response or defense, et cetera. But, but that's kind of hope. And that hasn't been proven out. And anytime you look at data uh, and, and you want to say, hey, Pfizer has a long-term solution to this. Really? Really? They haven't even seen the long-term variant yet. How are they going to have the long-term solution when the final long-term variant hasn't even shown up? New exactly. variants can keep on coming out. So the, and then you're going to have to ask yourself, well, can I, can I keep shooting myself with the, how often can I take Moderna and Pfizer? Well, why did they limit it to two shots in the first place? Because side effects went up. Okay. So there's going to be a point there where you need to investigate other options. And, and that point is it, it's reasonable that it's time to actually the other option should have been investigated last year. Um, right. Yes. That. Yeah. They they weren't. They wanted to stick with the conventional players on an unconventional virus, and that's what they did. And do you think they'll want to continue that, or if it fails? And no. They... I think the very fact that you're seeing, you know, I emailed you a copy of an article off of Al Jazeera. Now, let's all be honest. Okay, pe most people on Wall Street don't read Al Jazeera, but 
you know, if you do a Google search, you can come up with some interesting things. Not everything that Al Jazeera says is, is lunatic. You know, I mean, I'm not, I, when I look for news, I look for it from all over the world. And, and um, Al Jazeera though shows that there is a COVID vaccine that they did an article on a COVID vaccine you can make in your kitchen. And uh, you could actually make it at home. It didn't say in your kitchen. Uh, we could post it. I'd love to post a copy of that. I sent it to you. Yeah, we'll put that on your website. That'll be available. Yeah, and, and, and I think that would be great for people. You know, technically, that is a form of inoculation. And it's true, I did the first in COVID inoculations using live virus myself, okay? And that was done last, last, last summer. But this is the first time that inoculation is actually Actually, it looks like Bloomberg uh, uh, recirculated this article because I see Bloomberg's name up at the top of it, even though it was originally published on, on Al Jazeera. And that really means, yes, Bloomberg is, is covering this thing. So, um, and it really goes into the point that people are starting to say we need alternatives. And having alternatives is very important. When you look at your young children in your family, do you want them to have alternatives or do you want them to have an experimental vaccine right. that, that that's gonna be that's gonna be it? Well, really, we're gonna have to reach with any variant, we will have to reach a 90% reduction in transmission to stop it, wow. probably so, by so, the end of the year. And so that's very this, hard. This when they're cooking up. Uh, is it like what your vaccine is? Well, see, here's one of the things, and here's one of the things I love about this. It's, it's, it does not use live virus. I don't really love that part. And they're not really, the Al Jazeera, what they talk about being able to make it, the rapid deployment vaccine collaborative, we're going to call this the RADVAC, uh, rapid De deployment vaccine collaborative. Uh, rad vac. We're going to call it a radical vaccine. You can. It's easy to make. You you could whip it up in there in your kitchen, and we'll put a. Let's put a copy of this out on the uh, website. Yes. And and so, really, what this suggests is is that you take a bunch of the antigens that are in the uh, virus and you put it together, and then you charge it, and then you apparently spray it as a saline solution into your nose. And you actually using a charged particles to help attract it to your nasal mucosa. Uh, and actually it says, look, they have talked with the World Health Organization about backing and testing it. Without success, the trained pharmacist is turning to non-governmental organizations and foundations. You know what I love that? What they're saying is these people have a method. It's not in the conventional. And all the people with the big money want to ignore like it never even existed. Totally. And we found the same thing. The same thing was true when inoculation came out in the 1700s. All the conventional people, all that the... Uh, uh, London House of Science or the Royal Academy of Science in London. 
they did not want to get behind and support inoculation. And it was only when they had an epidemic and turned to it out of desperation that people actually did that. Now, I think that this process is moving forward without World Health Organization approval. That's a very important step because what will happen with RADVAT and what will happen with inoculation in general and the inoculation even with live virus is that once people understand viral principles, they'll be able to do a lot of these steps themselves. And then of course the government will step in and begin to say, oh, we just not only need to fund it, but we need to regulate it. That's the way the government does. I mean, that's the way, that's the way modern societies are. Uh, you've really seen to a, some degree, you've seen the same thing in the crypto space. Guess what? Nobody regulated crypto. Then suddenly you get currencies popping up yeah. now. And so, hey, soon they're going to be regulating crypto. So, but hey, guess what? It does suggest that if you give people long enough and they have some sort of freedom, that eventually they can help find solutions. The truth will set them free. And all the people out there, what I like about RADVAT is, you know, at least these people were creative. They were thinking. They're not anticipating becoming super wealthy, but hey, they want to get it done. And, and they're not afraid. Now, these people ain't even using live virus, uh, which, of course, my inoculation is with live virus. But um, so there are differences from what I proposed in this. But this idea that people are finally and that it's actually getting some media coverage. You know, the only right. media coverage we had for for uh, people doing any form of inoculation was that a bunch of drunk college kids from Alabama were inhaling live virus and they were getting sick and one of them may have died from it. That's the only coverage we so, had. So, so, what, so what do you, what do you think? So you think that this is not the live virus. So no, that's not the live virus. I think they will get some response that will be better than no response. And, 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 how, and how, it, how do you can do it at home? What do they get? Well, apparently they're taken. They're already on the 10th version. They get copies of the virus that aren't included in the commercial in, in commercial vaccines. They grind it up, make it into a powder, and they apply it to your mucosa. Here's the problem that they have, though, in my estimation. When you encounter a new type of antigen, let's see, say you see a new molecule and it's on and it comes to the surface of your skin. You don't, they're not under the under impression that they need to get that all the way to the intestinal tract to get the best processing of it. And I believe that. So I believe the reason why if you inhale it, you do not initially mount a very rapid response because it's in your alveolus and your alveolus really can't process it because it doesn't have all the tools there to get it done. But when you swallow it, your intestines every day is, has this whole garden of viruses, a garden of bacteria, a garden of living things in your, in your intestines. 
and it's growing that garden for a reason. It could have sterilized everything, but it's not all sterilized because it's analyzing, develop antibodies. It's managing the gut flora. And so there's a huge advantage to having live things that a virus or bacteria that can grow in your gut, that your intestines can analyze and make the best defense for. So that when I look at my small intestines, that's not just something for absorbing your proteins. It's not just something for absorbing fats and carbohydrates. It's a garden of investigational discovery for your intestines where bacteria and viruses are grown. They're analyzed. The very best defense, antibody defenses are developed in large part based on research right in your own intestines. And that is why getting these things to the intestines using an enteric coating, using live virus is the best way. And that is why, guess what? You know, a lot of the IM vaccines, yeah, they'll help you when you have it in the systemic phase, but they're not going to be as effective at protecting the surface because the surface antibodies are regulated to a large degree by the intestinal tract. So I, th I think that uh, the intestinal tract presentation of live virus using inoculation to the, to the small intestine is the safest way. It's safe because there are hundreds of millions of people who have had coronavirus infections that were asymptomatic, and yet they are no longer spreaders. It showed up in their stool, but they don't spread, especially children. You know, they did lots of studies with children. Hey, guess what? The children have it in their stool, but they're not spreading it in their lungs. Well, good. Are they immune? Yes, many of those children get immune to that particular spike protein. Why, why did they get immune? Because obviously it was in their colon, it was growing, it was uh, multiplying. And when it grew in their in intestines, when it grew in their intestines, they developed a great antibody. And that's what we want for regular people. And these, these people that are asymptomatic, there are hundreds of millions of them, they'd all developed immunity from intestinal exposure. So what I'm talking about now is not some hypothetical thing that has never happened. In fact, with me and my family, we took it orally. Real humans taking live COVID, educated, know what they do. And uh, yes, we had, I had it grow out in my stool. I documented it in my stool. And I've exposed myself numerous times. That's the real ultimate test. Um, so yes, that process does work. And inoculation does work. Uh, right now, you know, mm. Did Manu, did he tell you about how India is doing? How did he describe? No, so he just said it's pretty bad, but he thinks it's going to be fine in a couple of weeks. But I just think that they're they're kidding themselves. And we're going to have a worldwide panic. But guess what? They're not going to say it in the U.S. because the U.S. has the vaccine. And again, I think that the point we want to tell our listeners to finish up is the vaccine is able to keep you from having severe effects of COVID-19. However, you still could get it, but however, the problem is you're going to get shots for the rest of your life. This is not over. This is just like the flu shot. You're going to choose to be vaccine or not vaccine, and it's never going to end the pandemic. 
And that's what Dr. Hayden's prediction is. I'm not saying true or false on this, but Dr. Hayden's been completely right the whole time. It's going to look good right now, unless there's until the next wave. And then the mutation will mean that, yes, the virus is not gone. Yes, but then people are going to need to get vaccinated again in six months. So best place to find information on you is antivirusair.com. And you always close us out with a positive note after kind of uh, difficult notes. You know, every day of your life is a gift. And every day of my life is a gift. I have to make my days count. And I have to count my days. I've got to make today the most meaningful day it can be. And good luck to you on that. And good luck to me. Uh, Count my days. My days are numbered. And what we want is to make use of our time. Make use of every moment we have. And and that's a good goal. I appreciate this chance to talk to y'all. And and, uh, certainly uh, hope, hope to be coming to a country near you soon. And uh, swallowing some live COVID and oral inoculation. We'll do some. I've got some connections in Africa now too. So working yeah. on Africa. I, I want the most. India. I want. I want to swallow the most deadly uh, known virus form in, in every country in the world. Okay, I love I, it. I'm open yeah. to it. All yeah. right. But we're waiting on this, which I hope don't want to happen the next wave. All right. That again. That was the COVID nineteen vaccine show. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets. Celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Freedom from Addiction, Truth, Justice, Below the Surface, and the Neil Haley Show. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Reverend Wynn Henderson, MD. Wynn, how are you? I'm doing good this morning, Neil. How are you? Doing great, doing great. And I know our topic today is uh, something uh, we really have to think about. Yeah, Neil, um, the the program I'm calling Our Tyrannical Government Takeover uh, is part one, and we'll have more later. There are 10 steps that every tyrannical government has followed. We are now in step 10. Once the 10th step locks into place, there will be no going back. The 10 steps toward tyranny started with the invocation of a terrifying internal and or external threat. From 2001 onward, that threat was terrorism, which was used as a justification for stripping us of our liberties. With the declaration of COVID-19 as a global pandemic, we enter step 10, where emergency powers and laws are used to strip remaining freedom 
from our people. Censorship is enacted and certain kinds of speech is criminalized. Naomi Wolf, a former advisor to the Clinton administration, is a prolific author and Yale University graduate. She also received the prestigious Rhodes Scholarship that allowed her to complete her PhD at Oxford University in 2015. Eight years before that, she wrote a book called The End of America, which is the topic of this uh, podcast today. Already in 2007, Wolf warned us where we were headed. In her book, she pointed out that would-be tyrants are found on both sides of this political spectrum. We must not get locked into generalizations about political affiliations because they simply do not give us a truthful picture of who the enemy is. In the end of America, Wolf lays out the 10 steps toward tyranny. These steps have been followed by virtually all would-be tyrants, be they on the political left or right. They were followed in Italy in the 20s, Germany in the 30s, East Germany in the 50s, Chile in the 70s, and China in the 80s. They all took the same 10 steps, and the 10 steps always worked. She warned the people that when you start to see these steps, you have to take action because there is no way to recover once things go too far without a bloody revolution or civil war. Wolf says we're literally at the 10th step now. And once this 10th step locks in, there's no going back. The 10 steps toward tyranny start with the invocation of a terrifying internal or external threat, as I said in the introduction. It may be a real threat or imagined one, but in all cases, it's a hyped up threat. From 2001 onward, that threat was terrorism, which was used to justify stripping us of our liberties. Ultimately, that wasn't effective though. There was still freedom in the world. People were not saying ISIS exists, therefore I'm going to give up my First Amendment liberties, my Fourth Amendment liberties, my Second Amendment liberties, and so on. Sadly, this medical crisis, which is now not a pandemic in many states and countries, it's an epidemic. It doesn't meet the formal definition of a pandemic which was the perfect excuse for leaders to usher in step 10. The last and final step in the implementation of tyranny, step 10, involves the creation of a surveillance state where citizens are spied upon and the critique of the government is reclassified as dissent and subversive activity. The surveillance state is now being rolled out in the form of vaccine passports. While certain kinds of speech are said to be dangerous 
and freedom of speech is being criminalized. Needless to say, the mainstream press is an important part of this scheme. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have essentially brought up the Western press and coerced them, bribed them into following the party line brought up by the CDC and, and so on. For the end of these steps is emergency law, which is a subversion of the rule of law and also called martial law. We're here. Well, says in New York State now, we're under emergency law. Government, uh, Governor Cuomo has extended emergency powers even through in, even though in Columbia County, where I live, there are only eight deaths a month with COVID, average age 85, which is older than the average American lifespan. It's not a pandemic where I live, but I'm living under emergency law, which means the legislator, legislature has no power. Alaska is the only state that's technically not under emergency law. She says, this is terrifying. You get what you're seeing, which is governors deciding or the federal government deciding that you can't assemble, you can't worship, you can't have medical choice. The coercion of vaccine passports, your child can't go to school, your young adult can't get a college education if they don't agree to an experimental vaccine. You get suspension of right to property. You can't run your business. 110,000 restaurants have been closed. You get suspension of freedom of speech. People are being deplatformed left and right and there are movements in Congress to criminalize what has been First Amendment protected speech. With New York's emergency law, the governor has to end emergency measures and he's the one who benefits from them. It's catastrophic. We're seeing a complete takeover of American rights freedoms and bodies by big tech, which is up double digits to triple digit billions since the pandemic began. China has moved in to establish its role as the global superpower under the guise of this pandemic, buying up community groups, elected officials, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which are flooding K through 12 education, community groups and universities with money to engage in COVID education, which means their narrative is aimed at destroying what is human about us and what is free. And that is it in a nutshell. Wow. What, about, what about the COVID-19 passports, what they were really about? These mandatory COVID-19 passports will spell the end of human liberty in the West. In essence, they're a precursor 
to the social credit system that has already been implemented in China. Vaccine passes have already been ruled out in New York. Surveillance is nothing new, of course. We've been digitally surveilled for many years through social media platforms, Google, and all sorts of smart technology. Since the early 2000s, Google and Facebook in particular have been data mining online users. This data then has been applied to deep learning computers, giving them unprecedented ability to predict the type of messaging which triggers will create the maximum amount of fear and thus, thus compliance. There's also every reason to assume that this information has been shared with people like Bill Gates, who largely controls the World Health Organization. If it wasn't for the H, uh, WHO, we would not be in this situation because it was central organization with the authority to declare a global pandemic and keep it in place long past its natural expiration date. They actually changed the definition of pandemic, removing the requirement of mass casualties. And if it wasn't for that, COVID-19 simply would not qualify. This is the um, end of my first part. I'm giving credit to Naomi um, and uh, Dr. Uh, Joseph McCullough. And in part two, we'll talk about the pandemic um, is hypothetical at best and other, other aspects of the uh, tyrannical government takeover. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, this, this is just uh, information that I'm glad you were able to bring us, Win, and I appreciate it. And that was Freedom from Addiction, Truth Just Below the Surface of the Neil Haley Show. Take care. Um, come back to, to the podcast to pick up the rest of the report. And that podcast is www.freedomfromaddiction.libson.com. And you spell Libson, L-I-B as in boy, S-Y-N. No spaces, no capitals. Okay. All right. That was Freedom from Rejection. Truth just below the surface of the Neil Haley Show. Take care, guys. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.